Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.33 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now this afternoon, where some guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. You can tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers Now sent you. We're straight off to our headliner today. The Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Touchback Safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Without further ado, we'll welcome back to the show from the NHL Network. It is Brian Lawton. Brian, how's it going today? Going great, Brendan. Thank you. Excellent. So last night was sort of a feeler out. How is this team going to look without the captain in the lineup? As we know, it's going to be a bit of an extended period of time in that circumstance. And the guys that needed to step up, stepped up in the way of Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto. Now a lot of it came from the one line, but curious what you thought of that performance. I thought it was a great performance by Edmonton. Um, not surprising for me. I, I had done a show last night, and obviously this was a big topic, and it was myself and another analyst. The other analyst felt very strongly that this would spell doom for Edmonton. Um, I went the other way. I felt like it was an opportunity for players like Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto to step up, and they did. Uh, I also bet on Dave Tippett and his ability to galvanize the group. It's only one game, and it's going to get really difficult as they head down to the southeast with stops in Florida to play, obviously, the Panthers and Lightning, and then eventually the Hurricanes with the Panthers and Hurricanes coming in a back-to-back situation. I still think a guy like Dave Tippett is tailor-made for this situation. Uh, He's got the skill set that he understands, particularly in these short spurts, how to get a group to focus on what's important um, I thought that there were times last night in watching Edmonton that they had locked the game down a lot tighter than I had seen, certainly at stretches previously to this. So 
it's good signs. It's going to be tough without Connor, but I'm pretty optimistic for Edmonton. And it's not often that you can give up a Connor McDavid and still have the league's leading scorer in your roster on any given night. I mean, Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> has taken another step forward here, and it's it's going to be an interesting test, I think, for him in his all over, his overall game, his 200-foot game, to see if he can, and, and maybe even more so, Brian, in his maturity level. Can he be the guy on this team and with the thick of the playoff race sort of heating up right now? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think always you want to challenge yourself. This is a great opportunity for Leon to tr- challenge himself. Last night when we were having this conversation on air, it came up, why can't, the Edmonton Oilers be exactly like the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've got Crosby and Malkin. Right. Uh, I will say this: the, the difference is the supporting cast in Pittsburgh at this current time, in my opinion, is stronger than what Edmonton has. But there's no reason why Drysaddle can't step up and be a leader for this group. Do you think that it's going to be important for Dave Tippett to be flexible in how he, whether he keeps that group together or whether he might have to disperse some of that offense through? I mean, we've seen him be pretty consistent in the way that he un, un, um, unleashes his lines, I suppose, especially mid-game. But I, most of the scoring last night is still coming off of that one line. He's going to run through times uh, in this stretch when Connor's not playing, when that line's not going to work. And, you know, the key to those issues are recognizing them in a timely fashion. Uh, That's a strength of Dave Tippett's. I think he'll do a good job with that, but he may not necessarily be able to come up with the other, with the answers to that problem. Uh, You got to be really sharp as a coach to do that on the fly in a game. There's just certain players, you know, a few games ago, I was watching Sammy Gagne, and I thought Tip did a great job of just picking up where he was at on his game. It's the hardest thing we ask coaches to do in the National Hockey League is read the game on the fly and make adjustments. Uh, That will be a challenge for him because ultimately when you sit down and you talk with coaches in the NHL and you ask them what the number one critical thing is for them, it always comes back to flexibility with your roster, the ability to move players around and still get a lot out of them. I could easily make a case that Edmonton does not have a ton of flexibility uh, and yet they have a guy that's very good at recognizing and doing that so I think it'll flatten itself out. Not only up top but in the way he's deployed his goaltenders and he hasn't really had much of a choice but to play Mike Smith recently Brian because of how well Smith's playing he hasn't lost a start in regulation since December 20th against those Pittsburgh Penguins do you think that there's any other coach in the league who could be sort of massaging the the most out of Mike Smith the way that Dave Tippett has been this season I think there's a lot of other coaches in the league that are very good with their goaltending, but because of the past history between uh, Tippett and Smith, uh, I don't think anybody else could trump that. You know, the, the, the best way to earn respect, you know, with your players is to get to know them. And when you already have a head start on that, it goes a long way. I think that Dave Tippett has an excellent respect level of and with Mike Smith, and that's why it's been able to work. Mike has not played great at times this year. He has really struggled, and yet he's been able to re-get a grip on things and rebound. Uh, That surprised me, to be honest with you, but uh, it's been impressive at the same time. 
We are chatting with the NHL Network's Brian Lawton. Brian, they lock up Joe Kim Nygaard, even though he is going to miss an extended period of time with a broken hand here. Rumors indicate that Riley Sheehan, Josh Archibald, their extensions won't be too far behind. Um, does it mean something to have some continuity year to year in the depth players on the team, both in the trust of the teammates and then in the trust of the coach as well? I think it does. I think in the grand plan, um, the Oilers are obviously somewhat cap challenged. Not like, not unlike a lot of teams in this league. Um, they're certainly very strong in terms of the future defensively, but offensively, I think you know now that Kelly Yamamoto has arrived, um, it gets thin quickly, and I think it's important that you continue on with that continuity with a guy like Josh Archibald. It's quite frankly, has showed me a lot. Uh, Riley Sheehan has acquitted himself quite nicely. Um, I, I think it's a smart move. I, I think that Ken Holland is in a transition plan right now where they're trying to win. They're trying to respect the fact that you've got two of the best offensive players in the National Hockey League. I was listening to some of the shows coming out of Toronto yesterday, and I couldn't believe how much dumping there was on Leon not being a better player. I was shocked. <laughs> uh, no respect there for him. Hopefully he saw that and he can use that as a motivator, but uh, there still is a transition that's needed for this team. And right now, Ken Holland, I think, is doing the smartest thing he can in keeping that continuity, as you pointed out, Brendan, and keeping some of these players, rewarding them that have played hard all year long with extensions. I'll tell you with absolutely no chip on my shoulder, Brian, I'm not at all surprised to hear that they were piling on the Oilers at the slightest opportunity that they could. But we'll leave that there. Uh, a big part of this transition period now was that signing of Darnell Nurse to the second consecutive bridge deal. Personally, I didn't expect it. I thought Nurse's camp would have pushed a little bit harder for a higher dollar value, but I think both sides have to be happy with where they're at in this deal. And, and Nurse, knowing that, they need some help elsewhere as well. So I don't know that we label it a hometown discount, but two years at 5.6 per, you think that's a fair number? I do think it's a very fair number. Darnell is a really interesting uh, study of a player. He's got such great potential, and yet at 25, I would like to see more consistency in his game. He's obviously big. He's physical. Uh, he's proven that he could contribute offensively. But sometimes the defensive consistency is lacked. I, in talking to players on that team, he is a very well-liked guy in the locker room. He is clearly an important piece of their core. Uh, I think this was a really selfless act by him because he easily could have pushed the envelope on a situation and almost forced himself out of Edmonton, maybe by virtue of arbitration or another method. Um, I think it shows a lot in terms of his loyalty to wanting to be a member of this team. And quite frankly, I was as shocked as you are. It's, that is not standard in this league. Most guys, when you get into a position to really ring the bell, they try to hit it as hard as they can. That's not the case with uh, Darnell. It's, it's, uh, I think it's a good sign for what they have building there, that players – I don't want to say it's unheard of that players want to stay in Edmonton because that's not true, but it hasn't been as loud as certainly you would like it to 
uh, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan. I think this is a strong sign for the club moving in that direction. I think so too. I think that indicates to me that the players are seeing a light at the end of the playoff list tunnel, if if that makes sense, right? There's, there is a tangible goal that they're building towards and something worth being a part of for sure. Um, let's shift gears, Brian, as we chat with Brian Lawton of the NHL Network. Scary incident in St. Louis. Jay Bolmeister collapses on the bench after just playing five and a half minutes in that game. Uh, cardiac incident, as the team has labeled it. I, this is terrifying anytime you see it in any walk of life. There just happens to be a bunch of cameras on a, when it happens to an NHL player. But can you think back into your career, any similar instance that you were a part of, maybe on a more personal level? Um, nothing is potentially catastrophic. Last night was a really bizarre night in the National Hockey League in terms of injuries. At first, we saw Brendan Perlini look like he might have got his nose cut off as the blade of the skate came up and, and cut him in the face. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't as bad as it looked, but it was hard to watch. And then, of course, you see Jay Bomeister and what happens there and the immediate recognition of the other players. That uh, it, It's horrifying. Of all, I, I didn't play a ton of games in the NHL, but I played... 500 roughly, uh, probably six, seven, I don't know, 800 pro games. I, I never really worried about how dangerous a sport it is. It's just not inherent from when you're young to think that way. But uh, as I get older and you look back now, I say, my goodness, uh, I was fortunate. Most of the players are, but we're playing the most dangerous game in the world on ice with razor blades on our feet. Um, and then you throw in a cardiac event like happened to Jay Bowmeister, and it's just an eye-opener. Uh, everybody is praying for Jay and his family. Uh, he's a very well-liked guy. He's a humble guy. He's a quiet guy. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are, your personality. Uh, you know, these things don't discriminate when it happens to you. Yeah, pretty terrifying and resonating in this part of town, obviously, as Jay Bomeister is an Edmonton product. So, uh, again, we'll pass along to the listeners any update we get on that front. Should be expecting one this afternoon. On a more positive note, Brian, Daniel and Hendrik Sedin, they get their uh, numbers raised to the rafters in Vancouver tonight. Uh, I believe you were in a managerial position at the time that they were sort of in the primes of their careers. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, just their impact. That is on, correct. Uh, the impact of the game that they had. There were different kinds of players. They were, they were all class, they were all finesse, and, and made it work in an era where, I mean, we had enforcers ripping around the ice all the time. Yeah, they did. They, they found a way to do exactly what they were doing in Sweden when they came over here, which wasn't easy for European players, uh, certainly throughout their careers. But the fact of the matter is that they persevered. They reached an incredibly high level. Um you know, Art Ross Trophy, Stanley Cup Finals. They never necessarily got it done when they probably should have back in 2011 when Boston beat them. But high level of excellence from both of them. Great years for Vancouver Canucks fans. And a little bit apropos for the team to do it now, especially under the, the guise of how quickly uh, Vancouver has been able to rebuild their group after losing the Sedins. I've been shocked. It's really a great story. It should be a festive uh, celebratory atmosphere because uh, not only were they great and will they be honored, um, but they get a chance to see up close and personal what the management there has done. And it's been really impressive. It's, it's really exploded this year. 
it's been building for a while, but uh, Jim Benning has done a nice job, and uh, this is going to be just a huge night when you add together the totality of what the Sedins meant for the organization and where the organization is heading in the future. And then if you want to take that a step further, what those two meant to the community and, and the city of Vancouver as well, I think they were going to be cherished for a long time, much the same way that Trevor Linden is. I want to get one last thought from you, Brian, before we let you go. The Jason Zucker trade, jump the gun on the deadline, a huge return, at least on paper, in terms of a first-rounder, a second-rounder in the way of Kalen Addison, and then a former third-overall pick in Galchenyuk, who at this point in his career is definitely somewhat of a reclamation project what could he what is his ceiling right now i'm not sure but uh, as far as a table setter beyond that taylor hall trade what did you think of the zucker deal uh i thought it was a shot across the bow to a lot of other teams in the east it's very competitive out there washington tampa boston pittsburgh pretty well clustered together in terms of who could make it out of the east and that's no disrespect to the other teams that'll be in the playoffs but those ones seem to have separated themselves Jim Rutherford recognized it. Uh, he went aggressively. He paid, a, as you said, a steep price. I would not necessarily agree with you on the Galchenyuk portion of it. To me, to take that contract back, if it had been a solo transaction, I would suggest they would have paid you some form of a draft pick to take that contract back. Jim was able to get that done in this deal. That's a positive for him. Uh, Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk has just not been able to get his feet underneath him since leaving Montreal. He does have the one thirty goal season, but uh, it seems like a bad risk at this point, obviously, for Minnesota. The rest of the return, obviously, the first and killed Addison is that's impressive. That's going to be good for them. I do think that Minnesota has thrown the towel in, although you won't hear that, and that you will see other players traded from there before the deadline. Um, and I understand why you won't hear that. You really can't come out and say that to your fan base. Uh, and yet I feel like the Minnesota Wild have been in purgatory for so long that they needed to do it. I tend to agree with you there, Brian. I always appreciate your time. We'll connect next Wednesday, all right? My pleasure. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Network. It is 12.50 here in Edmonton. We'll press pause back with NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 12.53 in Edmonton. 
Brendan Escott with you today, the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. Keep these texts coming on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Tyler in Drayton Valley says, love how the leading scorer in the NHL, quote-unquote, needs to step up. The bomb needs 11 points to get to 100. Leon is the second best player in the world, already a leader. The media and Edmontonians need to get off the negative train. This team is in good hands with Leon leading the charge. Again, from Tyler in Drayton Valley. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong there. He is the leading scorer in the NHL. Lately, he's been doing it without the help of Connor McDavid. Frankly, you make a good point. Three games from now, there might be a different tune being sung. I suppose only time will tell. But as it stands right now, he leads the league in game-winning goals, assists, and points, does Leon Dreisaitl. All right, let's get to NHL today. That's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, building uh, tailored branded programs where your order is done on time, every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. There are three games around the NHL tonight. An old-school matchup, Montreal visiting Boston. Calgary is in Los Angeles, and Vancouver gets the Blackhawks on the second half of a back to back there again, Daniel and Henrik Sedin getting their numbers retired at Rogers Arena tonight. Yesterday, the Oilers extended 27-year-old forward Joachim Nygaard for another year. It's around $825,000, I believe. The Oilers did recall Tyler Benson from Bakersfield this morning as well. Winnipeg Jets expected to announce a multi-year contract extension for head coach Paul Maurice at the Jets Hall of Fame luncheon this afternoon. He is in his seventh year behind the bench in Winnipeg, led them to the third Third round of the playoffs in 2017-18. Toronto has signed forward Pierre Engvall to a two-year contract extension of his own. 23-year-old was set to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Has 14 points in 35 games this season. Matt Dumba also fined the maximum $5,000 allowed uh, by the current uh, bargaining agreement for slashing Ryan Reeves in the groin area last night. Dumba took a hard check into the end boards. Found Reeves later in the game retaliated with the slash. So, I'm guessing either Dumba has a death wish or or he can fight better than we ever knew. But Reeves, as we know, is probably the toughest player in the game today. Bakersfield Condors play the rain in Ontario tonight, trying to avenge that 10-3 loss from earlier this month. Oil Kings will try for five wins in a row. The Regina Pats come to town on Friday night. Medicine Hat at Rogers Place on Saturday. The Oil Kings did clinch a playoff berth last night after Regina lost 7-0 to Medicine Hat. U of A Golden Bears on a first-round bye in the Canada West playoffs this week. Got to tell you that this summer you can join 630 Chet's Jalen Nye on a fabulous tour to Iceland and Ireland with New West Travel. You'll explore the colors, culture, history of the magnificent coastal villages of Iceland and Ireland. Your trip includes airfare, 11 nights, and first-class accommodation, fantastic guided tours, fabulous food. For reservations and for tickets to the February 22nd travel seminar on this glorious getaway, you can call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Gord uh, reminds everybody that Darnell Nurse's dad was a CFLer. That speaks volumes as well. Yeah, and an old school CFLer at that. So there's the character that I think you're referencing there, Gord. Agreed. Uh, David says Leon is a candidate for the Hart Trophy this year. Connor was asking about trading for Kevin Fiala on a wing. Three million per season, one year left on his contract on a wild team looking to move out some assets. 
I like Kevin Fiala a lot as a player. I know he had a really tough start. Uh, he had one breakout season in Nashville, had a down year, ends up getting swapped one for one. That was the Michael Granlin trade last year. Granlin really hasn't found his footing in Nashville either. Fiala starting to turn it on a bit. He is somebody that I would consider looking at. We'll get into trade targets a little more specifically with David Staples from the Cults of Hockey. That's coming up after the 1 o'clock news. 135, we'll hear from John Shannon as well. We'll talk with John about uh, what Jay Bomeister meant to this community um, and sort of the precedent that was set in the incident with Yuri Fisher back in 2005 that may well have saved Jay Bowmeister's life. We'll get an update a little bit later on today, but we can confirm that they did have to use the defibrillator, the paddles on Bowmeister. That was something that the league implemented in about 05. So John Shannon will talk about that. We'll step aside for a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Brendan Escott back after that. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.